It's a Northwest Lifestyle Weekend on Como News. Now, a show for anyone who is or has a boss. This is The Boss Show with Jim Hessler and Steve Matenko. Today on The Boss Show, leading beyond ego. From my perspective, the most important, the single most important leadership capacity for the future. I'm Steve Matenko. I'm the psychology guy. I'm an executive coach and a leadership development guy here in the Seattle area and now in Mexico. And I do a lot of my leadership uh, development work with my friend across the table. And we were not doing the show in Spanish. Um, I'm Jim Hessler. Oh, solamente en inglés. Yeah, there we go. I'm Jim Hessler. I'm the founder of Path Forward Leadership Development. And uh, along with Steve, we uh, we train people to, to lead. And leading w- without ego is a heck of a challenge. I'm anxious for you to hear about it. This, uh, this is show is where we just try to give you a little bit of wisdom uh, about how to have a better life at work. Speaking about better life at work, what we're talking about today is better life at work, but also better life, period. My story, as as probably many of you know, if you're regular listeners to The Boss Show, much of my work is with Jim in the company that he founded called Path Forward Leadership Development. We work with companies um, uh, with leaders all over the world to enhance the quality of their leadership, and uh, our program is a is a longitudinal program. We don't believe in kind of one-shot efforts to to uh, turbocharge someone's leadership capacity overnight. But this leading beyond ego concept is one that has been brewing in me personally for quite some time. It's separate from Path Forward. And my own evolution, both kind of personal, professional, and in fact spiritual, has led me over some decades to the conclusion that the single greatest obstacle to success, however you define success in life and in the workplace, is this thing called ego. Now, That's um, quite a statement. Yeah. I, I want to be very clear because um, you might be thinking, and if you've got you know Psychology 101 under your belt, you might be thinking of the kind of the Freudian ego, ego the strong, healthy ego that's, uh, that arbitrates between the id and the superego. This is not the ego that I'm talking about when I, when I talk about ego. And um, there, the, the ego that I'm so, talking Steve, about. So, w- Steve, w- when most people think of ego in that Freudian sense, what, what they're thinking of that part of us that makes us feel self-confident, that part of us that makes us feel worthwhile. What, what, yeah. what are they thinking of? So in a psychotherapeutic sense, a strong ego is a good thing. But I'm thinking, I'm asking you to just kind of put the psychotherapeutic sense of the word aside for a moment and think about the more kind of the kind of street definition of ego. Like, um, you know, he has an enormous ego or she has a fragile ego or all the ways in which someone's ego is something that you fear or your own ego is something that you that you're challenged by. So. Um, the ego that I'm talking about is the mask that we wear, the persona that we don in order, for the most part, to manage our fears. So it's the part of us that ruminates about our past. It's the part of us that worries about our future. It's based in fear. It's the part of us that complains and that feels victimized. It's the story we tell. It is the story we tell, and it's the story that we tell from uh, from the perspective of self-protection. And we need that self-protection. You know, we grow into that. That ego kind of grows on us in childhood for very good reasons. We need to protect ourselves from um, all those threats that the world is, is throwing at us. The problem is that we get into adulthood 
And what we find is that the that all those survival strategies that we felt like we needed when we were kids because we couldn't deal with a very complicated world and um, all its perceived threats to our selfhood, we don't so much need it anymore, but we're still operating unconsciously from this kind of conditioned place. And we bring that into our leadership persona, our leadership approach. Right. We bring it into the workplace. We see it as a strength and we try to lead from it. Or we don't see it as a strength, but we don't even realize that it is um, that it, it has been programmed into us in ways that we're not even aware of. So let's talk more about how that actually shows up in life and in work, how it shows up in your interactions with your boss, how it keeps you from being as successful, as effective, as happy as you could be. And if you go to pathforwardleadership.com, you can learn uh, more about what we do. Uh, Steve mentioned we have uh, leadership programs that are being taught all over the world, um, worth checking into if your uh, organization needs to strengthen uh, the uh, quality and productivity of its leaders. We, we're there to help you. We're talking today about a leadership program, actually, that I'm creating with a small group of people outside of Path Forward. Um, this is kind of an offshoot of my own experience in leadership and coaching that uh, that we're calling Leading Beyond Ego. Before the break, we mentioned the distinction between ego in the kind of psychotherapeutic sense and ego in the street sense. And it's that latter uh, definition of ego, the 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 um, how we often complain about others' egos and maybe aren't so aware of our own. That really gets in the way of effectiveness at work more than uh, mo- more than most of us are are aware of. But I think when you start to attune to it, you realize how much suffering it causes. So, for example, your boss gets irritated at something that you say. Uh, sometimes uh, he just pulls rank. Uh, he Sometimes he's so lost in his own thoughts and his own need to be right that he doesn't even hear what the rest of the room is trying to, to say. Um, you have colleagues, and maybe you fall into this category, who hide their point of view because they're afraid of expressing it. They're afraid of what's going to to what's, what will happen if they speak truth to power. Um, or it's a passive-aggressive thing. Right. To right. hide your point of view. Exactly. Make people wonder what you're thinking. Right. Which ultimately is still based in sure. fear. Sure. Um, it's still based in the sense that... You're holding uh, on to that information as power. Right. Right. And the need to protect yourself, like you said earlier. Exactly. So the need for power is the need to control. Mm -hmm. The need to control comes from, again, this very deeply programmed self that we have inside us, what we're calling the ego, that is um, about keeping ourselves protected from all the harshness of the outside world. So whether it's the. Sorry, let me. I'm going to jump in here because there's something that I've noticed, um, and I I think it's helped me uh, to have some breakthroughs in some relationships. And that is that people are very often, if not the opposite of what they appear to be, um, their their behavior is almost so obviously uh, compensating that uh, you, you, you just have to say, well, this, this person who seems so fearless, who has such a, a large body of self-confidence, is actually just the opposite, and of course, you know, our current our current president seems to be a 
a great example <laughs> of that. Right. He's which all is, bluster because in the basically in the middle of it is a, a little scared child somewhere that's not being that's terrified. Exactly. Being and, something less than he wants himself to be. And if we don't shine the light of self-awareness on that, then it will control us forever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, And it's easy to misinterpret that, as, to, to interpret that wrongly as strength. Right. And I think right. most people do. Mm-hmm. And in virtually every case, when someone is dominant, like aggressively dominant, it's because there's a scared child inside. Yeah. Um, it's an ego strategy to compensate for their inability or their their kind of subconscious inability to control the world in in ways that protect them. Um, so, but it can go either way. So if I'm if I'm afraid, and we're all fundamentally afraid. I mean, fear is programmed into us um, as a way to to survival. guarantee our survival. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm afraid, I can go two ways with my ego. I can hide. I can. Uh, try to keep myself safe by not expressing myself, by deflecting all attention from me, and then I can feel victimized by that. Or I can go the other way and try to dominate, try to control my my environment, even though ultimately it's not controllable. They're both ego, and they both show up in behaviors that I bet you can kind of put a face to in mm-hmm. your workplace mm-hmm. um, in, in, in so many ways that keep teams from operating effectively, that keep relationships from working well um, and that just get in the way of uh, success and people feeling fulfilled at work. And where I'm calling it the single biggest obstacle to workplace effectiveness and success. Because? Because it distorts reality and because it drives wedges into relationship and workplace... So you're not seeing the real person. Is that... that you're not, you're not seeing the authentic person. You're not you're seeing, seeing the their, authentic you're seeing person. Their ego. You're afraid of, because of your ego and theirs, you're afraid of, of speaking truth. You're mm. afraid of giving authentic feedback. Um, you can't show up fully as yourself because of your own ego and because of your fear of other people's egos. I mean, anyone and you who, can't you can't grow. Right. Anyone or anything that challenges you. So if if someone is if someone is critical and defensive and you can't have an effective relationship with them, there's ego in that for both of you, for that person who's, who you judge as being critical and defensive and for yourself as not being able to, to show up authentically because you fear what that criticism and defensiveness, how it will impact you. If you're nervous about your upcoming performance review, well, sure, that's a natural thing, right? It's ego, though. Um, mm. Without ego... Because you're afraid you'll hear something in that review that won't be consistent with the story you're telling yourself about yourself right. about yourself and your life. Right. And that threatens you. Mm-hmm. So you might feel directly threatened by the performance review, what if I lose my job? And then you you know, you go into the danger mm-hmm. Will Robinson sort of fear. <laughs> um, but you also, as you say, Jim, might feel threatened by the fact that you have we all have created a story around ourselves in order to protect ourselves from the world. And as long as we can say stay consistent with that story, then um, our sense of ourselves is solid. But if something shakes the story, then it shakes our ego and it shakes our self-protection. Now, the other thing that's interesting that happens with this is that the, the leader's story then in many ways becomes the organization's story. So that the, the organization adapts that mythology or that story that the leader has told 
And other people almost have to buy into that story in order to be an accepted part of the culture. And might, in fact, feel victimized by it. Now, Mm. if the leader's story becomes the organizational story because the leader, again, as we said earlier, is is powerful and needs that power, needs to create the organizational story around his or her own story, that's all ego. The true beyond ego leader is someone who says, yes, I have a story about, for example, the direction our organization is going, the culture that um, I want to create here. That might not be ego, but when that person gets attached to it, to the exclusion of other perspectives, then that becomes an ego-driven situation. Yeah, that, that's well said, because the stories aren't necessarily all bad. Right, There right. can be good stories. Right. But um, what I see is people trying to relive the same story over and over and over again and, and just repeat that thing that felt good to them. And sometimes that's definitely at the expense of the organization's right. health. What you want to do as a leader is... Be willing to change your story. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, in the face of new information, in mm-hmm. the face of... Um, uh, so that you can create an ever more grounded story. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having a story, but but we need to understand that all stories are limited. And if I need to overlay my story on the team or the organization and have everyone buy into my story... That's ego driven. And again, Mm. it's all ultimately fear based. If I don't control, then my existence is threatened. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, we're we're dangling the idea of a beyond ego style of leadership, which I want to talk about. um, It's a big ask. In just a second. It is a big big, ask. And I think, as I said at the top of the show, I think it's the single most important leadership capacity for for the future um, of our world, Mm. let alone our workplaces. The ego, because it's rooted in self-protection, is is hugely powerful. Uh, you know, the survival instinct is there's, there's nothing more um, that has more control over us than the survival instinct. The problem is that we have taken behaviors and mindsets from rooted in the survival instinct and distorted them in our behaviors. And all of us do, except for the you know handful of us on the planet that are fully enlightened, which doesn't include me. Maybe it's you, Jim. But Inclu- Yeah. Um, I can see the light at the end of that tunnel. And so all the ways that we... (laughs) It's a long tunnel, though. And so so all the ways... Keep chugging forward. So all the ways that we protect ourselves based in our survival instinct are have become in adulthood in our culture for the most part a distortion of the survival instinct we don't really need to protect ourselves in the ways that that we do but that have been so conditioned into us from an early age that many of us are largely incapable of even being aware of some of these ego strategies that we use so there are a couple ways to go about uh, kind of resolving these ego deficiencies, the one that or dysfunctions, the ones that um, that that get in the way of relationships, that get in the way of authenticity, that keep us from expressing who we truly are and need to be in the world. One is to go through the psychotherapeutic route and kind of, uh, you know, explore, inquire into ego and get deeply into it and do shadow work. And um, but that's that's a very long process. It's an important process, and I don't by any means want to diminish that process. But there's also something else that's much simpler that we can do. And it's an also, it's not an or, uh, it's a both. And that is to show up in every moment from a place that we call beyond ego. Now, what does that look like? Well, you can't eradicate ego, 
but you can't because it's that voice will always be inside you. It's the voice that makes you nervous about your performance evaluation or afraid to speak to your boss or the voice that makes you want to control situations or relationships, um, depending on your personal style. You can't eradicate it, but you can in any moment um, put it in the passenger seat and operate from a higher place. What does that higher place mean? Well, a higher place might look different for everyone, but but you've got to have a North Star. You've got to have a sense of there's another place that I can be operating from. For Christians, it might come from the question, what would Jesus do in this situation, right? Uh, for Buddhists, it might, it, it might be an eightfold path sort of inquiry. Um, for an atheist, it might simply be about the common good. Like, how do a I Confucian respond in kind this? Of a, a Confucian kind of a view, right? Mm-hmm. That the, the wise teachers of, can teach us the best way to live our lives. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So how do I respond from a place other than ego? If I'm feeling, if, if I'm criticized, um, if I'm treated unfairly, um, if I am dealing with someone who threatens my ability to do my work in effective ways or who I perceive as I'm not as getting the credit I think I deserve. Yeah. If I'm not getting the promotion that I think I've earned, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What, what your ego will want you to do is to lash out. Right. Um, and blame the other and become a victim. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> mm. and, there, and there's another possibility. Mm. So with a small team of people, I'm... I, in the process, I've been developing for three years with a small team of people a, a leadership program called Leading Beyond Ego. And what we do in this program, and by the way, it launches on February 11th of 2018. And to find out more about it, you can check out leadingbeyondego.com. But what we do in this program is get people to look at how ego shows up. And it shows up very differently in different people. The impacts of ego in your uh, relationships and your workplace and what a beyond ego perspective might look like practically. Steve, I think what I what I hear maybe to some degree is what uh, kind of what we don't want. I, I'd like to hear maybe a little vision statement from you. If we really can lead beyond ego, what does that create? What possibilities does that create for us? And how does that look in, in actual yeah, so let's, practice? Yeah, let's talk about specific situations. Mm-hmm. So um, somebody says something to you, you get angry or frustrated. Mm-hmm. You have a choice in that moment. The, the great thing about leading beyond ego is, you know, as I said before the break, it's, it's about coming from a higher place. You can identify that higher place for yourself. And in any moment, you can choose to do that. The problem is you have to do it in every moment. <laughs> it can't just be individual moments. But well, you have to give you, up one form of power to embrace another. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. It's a much healthier form of power. You give up the power to control the situation, but, you give, your, but, you, but you give yourself more power to respond to it in a healthy way. Right. Right. Power to create what you believe is important to create in right. life so from I, that higher place. Right. So I don't think we want people to think this is about living less than you are, be living smaller, living safer. And that's really not what you're it's talking about. It's about living from uh, so much greater than you yeah. have lived to this point. Once you tap into that higher place, and again, you get to define what that is, you and, and act from that source, then your power... Um, expands immensely. So again, just as a really small microcosmic example, you get angry or you get frustrated at somebody um, 
something somebody says. And you will, you know, you mm-hmm. will continue sure. to get uh, th- all your life to get angry or frustrated. Instead of lashing out, which is your ego at work, you notice the emotion inside you and you do one of two things. You put it on the table with the person who, for discussion with the person who made you angry or frustrated, and you say, I notice <laughs> in this mm-hmm. moment, I'm really pissed off about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't, you know, as we talk about in Path Forward, speak, you speak about the emotion, not from the emotion. You hold it in front of you as something that you're experiencing, as we all experience. Um, you know, we all experience anger or frustration. We all, ex- we all have, uh, ego is not something that we get to blame ourselves for because it's part of the human condition. All the dysfunctions of our ego is just part of the human but this condition. Is, this so is where it's radically different for some people because what you're asking the other person to do is to help you deal with that. Right. And you're, what does you're, that do You're to giving over that to that other person saying, here's, here's what's showing up for me and I want your help. Exactly. And why, and how does that impact your relationship as opposed to, you know, the lashing out? It's just fundamentally hard for some people to ask for help with anything because their ego. Because of their ego. Right. But the other thing you can do is um, rather than I'm not suggesting anybody bury that anger or frustration. It doesn't help. That's egoic, too. It's self-protective. But the other thing you can do is notice the anger or frustration inside yourself and choose to not let it be a problem. In other words, I talked, I said a minute ago about it's, this is all part of the human condition. If you can reiterate that to yourself and say, wow, being, feeling angry when you're criticized, this is what we humans do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a problem. It's not something I have to fix. It's, um, it's not a it, lack of character. It's not a lack of character. It's just something that I notice is programmed into me to do, to get angry or frustrated. And I can, in that moment, choose to let that go and maybe decide later whether I have to do anything, whether there's a course of action for me involved. Steve, uh, finish us strong today and uh, tease people into this next uh, part of our discussion. Well, you know, I think the best way to finish us strong is actually to say what you just said in the break about freedom, because this really is about... um, experiencing a level and a quality of freedom that is that you couldn't imagine from a from an egoic place we're so bound to our ego it's not our friend it, it well it, it it is in one sense because it, it protects is from a us, survival sense but it's right? not our friend in terms of of develop of having the the beautiful authentic warm open relationships we need and want to have in our lives our ego is definitely not our friend in that regard yeah as maslow you know top of maslow's hierarchy being about self-actualization you can't get there from ego mm-hmm. you have to go beyond ego next week we want to talk specifically about practices that you can put into place to lead a beyond ego life and to lead in your workplace from beyond ego boss shows produced by path forward leadership and our sound engineer is kevin dodrell if you missed any of the show you can get it in its entirety online at theboshow.com thanks for listening hey and don't forget rule number six, number six.